Hey guys, this is Dylan. And this is Dylan. And we are D Squared. Today's topic is going to be about fellowship or the gathering of the saints and its importance. Yeah, super excited to get into this topic. Um, there are some people that, um, when they think of me, they think about my heart for fellowship because there was a time uh, in my life I was attending a house church with a bunch of other really wonderful and solid believers, but we allowed sin to kind of creep into our lives and into the body, and people stopped fellowshipping, and it, I saw a detrimental effect of a lack of fellowship. So we're going to get into that a little tonight, you know, what is fellowship, and why is it so important? And of course, as always, we're going to jump into the Greek first, and I'm going to let it take over. All right, guys, so if we look at the Greek um, for the word fellowship, we'll actually find that there's three different Greek words that mean fellowship, but are used in a different way. So, we'll start with the first one. It is koinonia. It means, by the strongest definition, participation in social intercourse, where communion can also be taken, which can be found in Acts 2.42. The second word for fellowship in Greek is metehe, uh, or, yeah, metehe, yeah. Which means, by the strongest definition, participation in social intercourse, which can be found in 2 Corinthians 6.14. Now, the third word for fellowship in Greek is so koinonia, means, by the strongest definition, to share in company with, co-participate in, communicate with, or be a partaker of, which can be found in Ephesians 5.11. So, with these three words... They all, they all mean the same thing, but in different ways. So, koinonia means, it, it seems to be used when we're, t- when we're talking about the gathering of the saints, um, and which means like-minded individuals um, or fellow believers. And so, while if you look at the context and, and how um, mate, mata, matahe is used, it's warning us to avoid participation in social intercourse with people who aren't like-minded. And then if we also look um, at uh, the word sokoinonia, it's warning us to avoid participating in unfruitful works of of darkness. So a thing. Right, so a thing. So we're not talking about a group of people anymore or yeah. a type of person. We're talking about a specific thing. Right, which so is we've the... seen gathering with fellow believers or like-minded individuals. We've seen gathering with people who aren't like-minded individuals, and then we've seen partaking in a unfruitful thing of the darkness, basically. Um, that can be all kinds of things. Um, sin. Yeah, all kinds of sin, all kinds of worldly things. Um, so, before we get, continue further, um, I know that that, that word, uh, social intercourse, might sound weird um, to some of you who guys who are listening or watching, Um it's, it's really weird to say social intercourse, um, but to clear up any confusion or misunderstanding of that phrase, uh, well, because let's be real, to some of us that may sound quite strange and possibly inappropriate, Shame on you. <laughs> and contradicting to the scriptures, if you've never heard that phrase before, which I never heard it till today, so I'm not going to lie, it sounded really weird. Yeah, he texted me about it. <laughs> Luckily, I'd studied this before, so I'm like, oh, no. Like, I, I actually, a friend of mine, his name's Jace, actually pointed out the 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 Greek meaning for the, the word fellowship and stuff a long, long time ago. Yeah, I uh, looked it up. So I was prepared. 
Right, I looked it up and I wanted to, I found out what it really meant and I wanted to try to see if he knew it and stuff and of course he knew it so I was like, dang. He's like, dang. <laughs> you ruined my fun. <laughs> I was hoping to blow your socks off with that one. Um, anyways, so if we look at the definition of social intercourse, it is communication between people as they spend time together. So it's not as weird as we, <laughs> as we might have originally thought that sounded. It's such a weird phrase, I know it is. Um, but if you're thinking what I think you might be thinking, shame on you. No, I'm just kidding. There's no guilt, shame, or condemnation for those under Christ Jesus. Um, this is why it's important, because he also mentioned this earlier, it's important not to study the Bible through um, like worldly lenses or previous like ideas and stuff. It's, you need to study it how it is. Put all right. those other thoughts aside. I like, to, I like to put it this way when you're thinking of it. When you approach God's Word, take everything that you think you know... Push it to the side and let, and study it for what it says, not for what you imagine it means. Because the issue is, is what we do is we take our world, our worldly carnal experiences, and we use those to somehow interpret God's word when that's not even close to what it means. Um, and he saw that today. Like he thought so it meant something, and obviously he knows better than to think that it actually means that. But he was wise enough to go and dig a little deeper. Yeah, because I read it and I was like, that's weird, but I also know that this is this, so like, that's not what it means. It's very important for us when studying the Word of God to not let us speak into the Word of God what it means, but let it speak to us what it means. Right. Now, I'm not talking about opening it and go, speak to me. Now, I'm literally saying, open it up with a mind, a blank mind, and just study what it's actually saying. Do not make any preconceived notions on what you think it's saying because the issue that we run into when we do that is we end up misinterpreting a lot of things because we think, oh, well, this is what it means to me. Okay, nobody cares what it means to you. Right. That's yeah. not what the Bible's about. It's not about, well, what, what does that scripture mean to you, Billy? That's, that's right. that somebody, we do that so often. Well, this is what it means to me. It, it can't be. It can't mean something to it. A single scripture cannot mean something to you, and then mean something different to me. Now, it may pinpoint a different point in our, like a different thought in our minds. It may convict or a us. Thing in our lives. Yeah, or it may it may convict us in a different way, or whatever that may be. But it still means the same exact thing. I think we lose that sometimes when we're studying the Bible. People think that it, it just kind of you interpret however you think. That's just not how that works. Yeah. It's not poetry. Right, right. And, yeah, mis misunderstanding of scriptures can really be detrimental, especially if you're, say, sharing a podcast and you misinterpret something and then somebody hears that and then they, they're like, oh, wow, like this makes total sense, and then they run off and make a whole doctrine about it. It's a burden. Yeah. You got to so, be super careful. I, I honestly, I encourage anybody that's willing to share any truth Unless you 100% know what it is that you're speaking, don't speak it. Right. Because you have no idea what it can, how far that can push somebody off of the, off of the path. They're, they may take what you say and run with it. Um, and frankly, I've heard some, some doctrines that I'm like, hmm, it sounds good. I know, right. I know that it's trash, but it sounds great. And if I was anybody else, I'd take that thing and I'd run with it for the rest of my life. So yeah, that's just a kind of a side thing there. Right. 
make sure that you're studying the Bible for what it says and not what you think it says. Right, and if there's any confusion with the Scripture, dig deeper, because that's how you uncover the true understanding of the true meaning behind the things that are said in there. There's a fancy word. Uh, there's two different fancy words out there that describes actually studying it for what it is instead of making it mean what you think it means. And like It's like exogeting and something like that. I um, Very fancy words that people smarter than me use but um maybe i'll have those for you one day but in in simpler terms study it for what it means look at the context of when it was written look at the person writing it look at who they're writing it to and it'll give you a better understanding what it actually says and how you can apply it to your life yeah so back to the explanation of that strange phrase um So despite what this phrase may sound like, according to our surface level understanding of it, this is not what the phrase means. This phrase is not inappropriate and doesn't contradict itself because we are called to gather with with other believers and communicate between each other and spend time together and commune together. And that is what fellowship is. And now that we understand what fellowship is, we'll get more into why it's important. Right. And honestly, one of the things when we're... Stop screaming your shoes. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Um, one of the things that I thought was interesting uh, when looking at the different um, fellowships and stuff, um, I was going through this list of scriptures in the concordance that shows like each time that specific Greek word is used. And one of the things that stuck out to me was most of it's like fellowship, this fellowship, fellowship, fellowship. But then there was a scripture in Romans somewhere. I don't think I, I don't think I got it down here. I don't. Um, but it didn't say fellowship. The English word there wasn't fellowship. It was to contribute. And I was like, huh. That was uh, intriguing to me because when that happens, it, it makes you realize that, okay, well, it, there, it, there must be just another small step of a deeper meaning for this. So when I read this, it's saying it's talking about the all the churches that Paul's writing to helping out with the the Christians that are in Jerusalem that are being persecuted and all this stuff, and they're all sending money. So they're, they're contributing money. So somehow that's a part of fellowship is to help one another financially, but to me it's an even bigger part because that word there for fellowship also can be translated to to contribute. Now, it doesn't always have to mean to contribute finances um, because I think that when you talk about fellowship, you come together as a like-minded people. Right. And you contribute something to one another, whether it's an idea or a way of doing things or whatever that may be. We call it iron sharpening iron. That's what they call it in Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen. It's uh, iron sharpens iron, so so one man sharpens another. It's this idea of we come together as like-minded believers and we encourage one another, we stir one another up in, in love and good works, and then we send one another out back into the world to be the light of the world. Right. And that brings us to another point. Um, There's a difference between uh, gathering with like-minded believers and fellowshipping and then just gathering with like-minded believers and hanging out. Because if you're just hanging out, chances are you're probably not iron sharpening iron and and lifting each other up in good works and and all that stuff. And we're not saying that's wrong. Right. No, no, that's that's, not not wrong at all. And and I'd like to just, just further take a step further into that. Um, I've been on both sides of the fence. I hang out with people and I don't just stay cooped up in my house studying scripture. I mean, sometimes I do. It's just like, but, um, it, 
I have had moments where I just go out and I'll go to my buddy's house and we'll play some Star Wars or, or, or something and like, do I have a great time? Yes. But there's a whole different atmosphere when I come together with like-minded believers for fellowship where we are talking about scripture and praying together and, and, and really just, it's like, it's like this magical moment of just all of us uniting under one thing, under God's Holy Spirit, because that's what that's what connects all of us, is right. the Holy Spirit that resides in us. Fellowship, when we come together and we unite and we sharpen one another, we're feeding one another spirits, and we're, you walk away from those things way, way more filled up than you do from just a normal hangout sesh. So I think that it's dangerous to call a, you know, Something that's not centered on stirring one another up in love and good works, sharpening one another, being intentional about speaking life on one another. Right. I think it's there, there could be an issue with calling something fellowship just because two Christians may have gotten together, but they did nothing Christ-like. Right. So, mm-hmm. so I, I think that it could dampen that because... Fellowship and a gathering of the saints is something beautiful. We come together. We, frankly, we. I guess this is probably more my my opinion, but um, I'm beginning to believe that every time like-minded believers actually get together, we should probably be doing communion. Uh, that's just something like the more I read in scripture, it's like when when the believers would get together, it was like an important thing. Right. It wasn't just like they got together for one reason and it was the Lord's Supper and to sharp one another and encourage one another. It wasn't just this hangout sesh. It wasn't this just laid back thing. Now I'm sure there were some of those. Like I'm sure that some of the Christians got together and they shot the breeze and whatever they did back then to have fun. But like we can do those things, but it's important to realize that okay, I went and hung out with him yesterday and we we had a Star Wars tour- tournament with some, some other friends. It was great. <laughs> we, had a, we had a great time. I almost beat it. I'm getting better. Um, but we had a good time. I would not call that fellowship. Mm-hmm. Because we, we may have talked about some scripture stuff. I don't remember. But that was not the goal of that meeting. There was right. the, the, That wasn't the goal of that. That's not why I didn't feel... I didn't walk away feeling a, a certain way. I was certainly wasn't filled up. I, I had a good time with him, but like I, I was pretty filled up because I won. But <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Filled up with the wrong thing. Yeah. That's called pride. Um, <laughs> we'll do a podcast on that next week. Yeah. No, but it's it's important to realize that I really do think, do think that there is a distinction between just a hangout session and true genuine fellowship. Um, and I I make that off of just the way that. One brings life, and the other just—it's just something to do for fun. Right. Again, nothing wrong with We're that. Growing relationships and stuff like but that. Like I, I've been in both circumstances where okay, this is genuine fellowship, and this is just a hangout session, yep. and I've had good times on both. But man, those moments where it's genuine fellowship, where you come together and people are just feeding one another and sharpening one another and lifting one another up, those are great. I mean, I have that on. Um, I have a leadership meeting every Tuesday nights with the uh, church that I serve at. Um, and, yeah, I mean, every every Tuesday, I have a, I leave and I, that's fellowship. I, I have a great time. 
it's like-minded believers getting together and we're learning stuff and before and after we're all talking and sharpening one another and we care about one another and we're not just there to hang out it's intentional we come together under the name of jesus to accomplish something and it's to, it's to grow closer together and to learn more about the one who who saved us you know right. so I, I think that and i know that that's a it's a long tirade there but i really think it's important to understand that i i there is a difference yeah and it's important to not mix that difference up right because i think that we've just like most things we've talked about this with discipleship i think the word discipleship has been watered down um, by the by the common day church um, fellowship has been watered down by the common day church we think fellowship is just some donuts and coffee and that's that's it there's so much more to that Serving has been watered down by the modern day church. We've got all these things that like we've let them be watered down because it's more convenient for us, and it's time to lift them back up to where they belong, so we can do the things that we're called to do. Um, one of the scriptures that I thought was something to mention when it comes to fellowship, um, we've got Acts two verse forty two, which Dylan, one of the ver- the translate or not translation, but the uh, Greek words he pulled. Up, yeah, he pulled that out of Acts two, verse forty two. It says they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, and to fellowship, and to the breaking of bread and prayer. So Acts two, uh, this is the Acts of the Apostles. The reason that it says devoting themselves to the apostles' teachings is because that's what we're called to to mm-hmm. be learning it and to be studying are the apostles' teachings, which are the teachings of Jesus because the apostles are people that were in in those in that time the apostles were people that were there for Jesus' um, baptism and then resurrection I'm mm-hmm. I'm almost certain um that's that was the original like demand to be an apostle um in those days so we've got these people who these are Jesus' teachings and now they're the apostles' teachings and we follow the apostles' teachings because they're Jesus' teachings right so in Acts 2, we see the beginning of the church. Um, and we're two chapters into Acts here, and what are they doing? They're continually devoting themselves. Devoting, that's a, that's a strong word. Mm-hmm. Devoting themselves to the apostles' teachings. How do you devote yourself to a teaching? Hmm. I think you study it. And live it out. Amen. And to fellowship. Okay. Must be pretty important if they're right. devoting themselves to the teaching and fellowship. And to the breaking of bread. Hmm. So it's like communion. Doesn't it doesn't sound doesn't sound like a one one note. Doesn't sound like they were do if they were devoting themselves to the breaking of bread, it doesn't sound like a once a month thing or a twice a year thing or even a one week thing, one day a week thing. It sounds like they were devoting themselves to it. It was an intentional thing because Jesus says, Do this in remembrance of me. I'm sorry, but we're called to remember Jesus in every moment, not just in some moments. That's kind of a side thing there, but this shows you how important fellowship is with the body, the body of Christ. It's mentioned in chapter two of the, the book of Acts. Um, something else I want to hit on was in Hebrews chapter ten, verses twenty-three through twenty-five. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. Sounds pretty good. For he who Promises he who promised is faithful, and let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. 
this goes back to that we should not forsake the gathering of, of one another together, but we should look forward to it. We should encourage it. Why? Because we're supposed to be stirring one another up or stimulating one another up in love and good deeds. Again, it's this. Let me ask you. So, how are we supposed to equip the saints for the work of the ministry if we're not with the saints? Right. You can't do it. The yeah. book of Ephesians talks about equipping one another for good, for good works and all of these things, but you can't equip the saints if the saints aren't together. Or if they're only meeting once a week. Right. Um, it's important to realize that when... When we are say, saying that we are Christians, we have to be a part of one another's lives. Um, luckily, you know, we see each other, if not every day, every other day. I, I'm with him constantly because I'm discipling him and we're, you know, growing together and all this stuff. But it's unfortunately not the same way for many believers. There's some, there's some Christians out here, and my heart breaks for you. Um, you see Christians one day a week, and then you go to your normal life, and you live in the world for the six days, and then you go back to church, and you see Christians again, and that's just, uh, that's a hard life to live. Yeah, and a lonely one. Like, we, if we stop, if we don't see each other for like a whole day or, or two days, we'll, we'll be constantly texting, like, I miss you, and like, right. talking back and forth, like that, and to, to only, I used to be there, I used to see people... Once, once, once a week, and then not hear hear from them, see from them, or any, anything, anything regarding them throughout the rest of the week. So, and it was a lonely time, and it allowed for sin to creep into my life in the time and to take hold because there was nobody there to call that sin out of me and and disciple me and all that stuff. Right, and, that, and that's another thing when it comes to. Um, fellowship, another important reason for fellowship is being held accountable by other believers. Yeah. I, I, I watched it time and time again. What happens nine times out of ten? This is more of a warning. Keep an eye out for your brothers and sisters in Christ. If you start to see someone start to pull away, um, don't just quickly assume that they're sitting. I've seen that happen where sometimes people are just going through a hard time. Does it automatically mean they're sitting? But if you see someone starting to pull away from the body, not wanting to be around for fellowship and things like that, go to them. Make sure they're okay. Sometimes they will be caught up in a sin. They will be, and they may not receive you well, but in that moment, pray for them. And continue to love them and continue to pursue them. Because if they repent, you've gained a brother. So, I've seen it time and time again where people will withdraw when they're in sin or if they're struggling. Um, so, here's one of the important things that I think we run into. Regardless of whether we're talking about fellowship, uh, discipleship, whatever, whatever that may be. I think that we're too quick to to draw when it comes to things. We automatically want to throw stones at people and we want to nail people to the wall and tell them they're sinning and all these things. I think we're just too quick to, to really fire on those things because there are going to be moments where somebody, maybe, maybe, maybe they're not going to feel like fellowshipping. You're better off to find out why. Because 
if we start to assume, assuming is not a good thing, by the mm-hmm. way. Scripture says that love hopes. Love believes all things, endures all things, helps in things. Yeah, that's First uh, Corinthians 13. Let me look it up. Um, we're supposed to seek the best in, in, in moments. Now, of course, it's not always easy, and people argue with you, well, you gotta, you got to use your brain. It's like, you're right. If, if somebody's got a heroin needle sticking out of their arm, I'm not going to be like, they're definitely not doing drugs. I, I'm I hope not, they're not doing drugs. Right. I'm not, I'm not going to cover my eyes when it's blatantly in front of me, but I'm not going to... So I, used to I used to be this guy. Uh, so let me give you an example. I used to be the guy, kind of guy because I held, and I still do hold fellowship to a very high standard because I think it's very dire for the Christian walk. Yeah. But I used to be the guy, and frankly it's because I was taught to be this way um, by others, um, when somebody did not come to a night of fellowship or something, I would instantly think, "Oh, they're sinning. This is their popular. They're, they're, they're whatever, whatever pops into your mind. They're sinning, or they're they're doing something wrong. They've fallen short in some way. Always, I always sought the best or the worst in, in those situations. Um, but for a while, and I think that we need to be when we're talking about any topic. It's important to extend grace. And I know you're thinking, well, they don't deserve grace. Neither did you, neither do I, neither does he. Mm-hmm. Extend grace and try to understand the why behind what they're doing. Because whether somebody's neglecting to be discipled, neglecting to come to fellowship, whatever that may be, um, there's probably a why. And it's a lot more loving and a lot more kind to figure out the why behind it and see if you can help them than to assume that they're wrong and just block them away because it's the kindness of God leads people to repentance. Well, that's kind of a side thing there, but I kind of a, a product warning. Because, um, yeah. like, I have seen it, these things where people get super zealous about a topic and then they just steamroll anybody that doesn't line up to what they think that topic is. Um, and it's dangerous because there is there's grace, there's mercy, there's compassion, and it's important to understand the why behind something before we just steamroll somebody and say, oh, this is what you're doing, and this is why, and you're, full, you're a piece of crap, and, and all these things. Because we say it a lot, there's no shame, guilt, or condemnation for those that are under Christ Jesus. But what we do when we when we automatically jump to conclusions and stuff it, within topics like this... We invoke we we, we We evoke shame. We evoke guilt. We evoke condemnation. Because now they're like, oh, man, like they, I'm not even doing those things, but now they think I'm doing those things. And it's this whole craziness... Where if we would have taken a moment, take a breath, have some compassion, approach it with the grace and kindness of, of our Heavenly Father, so we can actually help somebody instead of hurting them. That's kind of a side note there. But seriously, fellowship, gathering with other believers, is 100% one of the most important things in the Christian walk. Because we were never meant to do this, to do this alone. See, we are called, we, the, the church, we are called the body of Christ. Now, together we are the body of Christ. Apart, we're just a bunch of different parts. Some are mouths, some are feet, some are fingers. I know it sounds weird, but like that, we are just bricks upon the temple who is Christ. Like we aren't, he's not just the body of Christ. Right. Together we make up the body of Christ. So explain so to me. Explain to me how 
you're going to be the body of Christ if you're not going to be intentional about being around other the other members of that body. It's going to be really hard. Um, it's also, it's refreshing. It really is. There's this encouraging thing that comes from genuine moments of fellowship. Now, there are moments when I go and I teach at things and I have a good time, but I'm not, it's not somewhere where I leave going, wow, like I'm so filled up. But there are moments where I can go and I will gather with with believers that are on a, the same level as me, same like-mindedness as me, and they are some of the best times that I ever have because it's just something special about gathering with genuine like-minded believers. I mean, I, I've literally stood out in parking lots till like 11 o'clock at night talking to people that are that are like-minded. Yeah, one time we stood out in, in the parking lot the restaurant after having breakfast for like what three out three four right. hours and, to, and then when it stopped us was the rain yeah we were getting poured on I'm yeah just we like, literally stood there in the rain for a little bit too right because that there's such a just a hunger for that um, and I, we want to encourage you guys to to be intentional about fellowship not just uh, Sunday morning sitting there listening to a guy teach that's good but genuine like getting together with a smaller group of believers and, and a more room. intimate setting. Yeah, a little a more intimate setting and saying, Hey, like, let's talk about the goodness of our God. That's all just start off with that. Talk about how God's how God's been good in your life. And then and then you guys can go back and forth and it can be this beautiful beautiful thing where you all leave encouraged and your faith is built and your and iron is sharpened iron. It's it really is a beautiful thing. Um and it's it's a command. We're supposed to fellowship with one another. Um, this hand doesn't work unless these five fingers, or four fingers and a thumb, <laughs> if they're not attached to it. I just got a palm if I ain't got these, these fingers. Right. They can't do much of it. Yeah, this palm doesn't do anything, but if the fingers come together... That forms a hand. Forms a hand, and then it forms a fist, and I can do things. I can grab cups. I can eat food. Other, but if I didn't have these other parts, I just got a weird nub. St- nub. <laughs> and like, I could probably figure it out, but it wouldn't be as useful as having all of my fingers. It's the same way with the body of Christ. Each one of us has different gifts. You've got different gifts than I do. You have different gifts than I do. We all have different ones that serve the body in a different way. And we all need one another to come together so we can better serve one another, better right. lift one another up. I always encourage people, especially when you're in intimate settings of fellowship, everybody's got something. They have something for the body. Sometimes you have a word. Sometimes sometimes you have a song, a poem, a scripture that comes to your mind. There are things that you can contribute that can help build up the body. We're supposed to. And those things may seem like small and insignificant when if like for example you're in a gather an intimate gathering with other believers and you're discussing stuff and say a scripture comes to mind it may in that moment to you seem like it's insignificant and that it wouldn't really have a big impact but then once you say it it's like wow like that that's exactly what we're talking like that it's like ends up being something that that really like builds somebody up Right, I mean, I, there's, that, there's a perfect example of that with uh, with him. We were I, I put on this men's breakfast, um, and he's fairly new, you know, trying to kind of get a handle on really what it means to be a genuine Christian. He he 
played the lukewarm Christian for a big portion of his life, mm-hmm. and he he just recently seven eight months ago at this point came to a real realization of what it means to be a true Christian. And he's at this men's breakfast with me, and we're and we're all all us guys are fellowshipping, and we're talking about scripture and ministering to another another brother of ours that is struggling with something. His his like knowledge of scripture is not super super high at that point, but he thinks of a scripture, and he gets the confidence to say, "Hey." I just I just felt like I wanted to read this. Yeah, I struggled for a minute. I was like sitting there and I was like, no, I'm not going to read it. I'm going to let them continue their conversation. And then like it came back and was like burning in my chest. And I was like, no, no, no. And I pushed it back away and it came back like 10 times harder. And I was like, okay, like I have to say this. And then he reads it. And the guy that we've been ministering to, our fellow brother in Christ, it just needed some encouraging, some, some lifting up. Dylan reads this. And our other brother in Christ looks at him and goes, that's exactly what I needed. That's exactly what I needed. If Dylan hadn't been there for fellowship and he hadn't listened to the Lord who had given him a scripture, then who knows? Maybe Stephen wouldn't have gotten what he needed. Right. But that's the importance of coming together and sharing our gifts and encouraging one another and listening to the Lord in the midst of all of that. Um, I'm a... I'm a huge advocate for fellowship. I, I really am. Have been for a long time um, because I've seen what happens without it. I've seen yeah. a I've seen a whole body of really solid young adult believers absolutely fall apart due to allowing sin to come in, and we let sin come into the body, and then it divided, and then we all stopped fellowshipping because things were just too bad, and then it just it fell fell the rest of the way apart. And I, I am, I truly believe that if we would have laid aside our pride and actually spent time in fellowship, the Lord could have healed what was broken. Yeah, and I even witnessed that from the outside as well. Um, even playing the uh, lukewarm Christ, Christian role, I noticed because they used to, they would hang out like every day, like, almost like they hang out every, like any chance that they had, they'd be hanging out, and then next thing I know, they're they're not hanging out that much, and then all of a sudden they stop hanging out completely. And it's like, what happened? And then he tells me about it, and I'm like, dang. Right, and yes. so, like, but I truly believe that if there's an issue in the church, if there's an issue in the body of Christ, if we're willing to come together in fellowship with open hearts and humble hearts, the Lord can heal things that are broken. Yeah. But it's the moment when we decide to walk away from fellowship. At that point... How thing, it will take crumbles basically. It will take a move of the Lord to restore that. Yeah, and He we do serve a God of reconciliation, one hundred percent, and that is always His goal. It was His goal with us. So that's that's how that's why He sought to reconcile us to Himself. But it's hard to do when people are not willing to come together. Yeah, I would think of it as this way: say you're stacking a whole bunch of bricks on top of each other, and then you just rip one of them out of there. Chances are the rest of them on top of that's going to fall. It becomes it becomes unsta- unstable. Yep. So you need it becomes unstable or it just completely tumbles over. So that's why it's important to not let ourselves be ripped out of the fellowship of believers. Of believers, and because if we if we do that, could cause it to be unstable or it could cause it to completely like crumble and stop I, happening. And I, I don't know. Fellowship is sometimes difficult. We sometimes we differing differing of view differing views. Um, sometimes we just don't like somebody, um, that is a human condition. Um, it's important to realize that 
if we are humble enough to go to one another and talk about these things, we can move forward. Right. Because here's the thing. When it comes to fellowship, when we when I say like-minded believer, when I say, what I mean by that, it doesn't mean we have every single thing in common doctrinally. There are people that I am willing to fellowship with that hold much different beliefs on secondary issues. But their main belief is that salvation comes by faith I've been by grace I've been saved through faith it's I repent I I no longer trust in myself only in Jesus and I trust in what he's done for me and if I repent and trust in him I'll be saved we come together under that idea of this is what it means this is the gospel this is good news that a holy righteous God sent Jesus to come and live a perfect life in my place, to die on a cross that I deserved, to resurrect three days later, be lifted up to heaven, to be exhausted up to heaven, where he can be a sacrifice on my behalf, only if I trust in him. If we can believe on that, then we can come together in fellowship. Mm -hmm. I don't care about the secondary issues. We can talk about them, we can hash them out, because I believe the Bible means what it says, and I think that... Um, we all interpret it in different ways, but I think it means exactly what it says. So if we can get together and we can study it together and we can agree without looking at it through predetermined lenses that we've been given, I believe we can come to a consensus on what it means. But if we can agree on one thing, and that is Jesus and what he's done for us, we can come together in fellowship. That's what it means to me to be a like-minded believer. There is not a single person in this world that probably agrees with me 100% on all the doctrine that I believe in. That, that's including him. Him and I have gone back and forth on some things. Doesn't mean I love him any less. Doesn't mean I'm not willing to do a podcast with him. It just means that we disagree. And eventually one day when we're in heaven, we'll know the truth. Yeah. But right now, it's okay. It's okay to have differences. But it's not okay to decide that you're going to do this all on your own and play this Lone Ranger thing where oh, I've got this. I'm, this isn't the Old West. You can't do this by yourself. We, I've seen people try, and you will fail. Yeah. You cannot do it, I promise you. And frankly, it's lonely if you try. I've had days like that. People are difficult. I've had days where I, I don't want to deal with anybody anymore, and I'm, I'm just done, and I, I'm, I just don't want, to, I don't want to deal with anybody. I was doing it all by myself. That's not the way. That is not the way because it's lonely, and the burdens get heavier, and heavier and heavier and heavier until they're crushing you. Not to mention there's no one to hold you accountable, no one to sharpen you. Iron sharpening iron, that that, and that means two or more things. That's not a right, that's You can't two, sharpen yourself. You can't sharpen a knife if you don't have something else to, right, to rub exactly. it against. You've got, you've got to have that thing to sharpen it. You can't, if I'm beating this knife into a piece of wood, it doesn't sharpen it. Yeah. It dulls it. Yeah, it doesn't work. So we have to come together. For a few reasons, to encourage one another, to stir one another up in love and good works, to hold each other accountable. Because I don't know about you, but my goal in this life is to continue to go through that process of sanctification and and to allow my mind to be renewed, as it says in the uh, chapter 12 of uh, Romans. And to walk down our path. Right. And I can't do that alone. I I need people helping me. I need people pushing me and lifting me up when I fall. And without that... We'd all be in trouble. Yeah. So in closing, we really want you guys to know it's important to fellowship with like-minded believers. 
Um, it is important to humble oneself in the midst of that fellowship because sometimes you're going to hear things you don't want to hear. But it's important to understand that not only do we fellowship with like-minded believers, but we fellowship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And that comes through us studying our Bibles and prayer. And it also comes from fellowship with other believers. Yeah. Because I believe that when we fellowship with other believers, we're also able to fellowship with the Lord at the same time because mm-hmm. our, we all we all have the Holy Spirit that resides in us. So when we gather together, it's just this beautiful thing where we're all feeding one another's spirits and really just lifting one another up to more of what we're called to be. Yeah. As always, always, Jesus Jesus agape you, we we agape you. you. See you next time.